Good morning. Well, if you have a Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 1. This morning, we are in a series entitled Acts. And if you're new around here, what we're doing is we're studying the book of Acts uh, throughout 2022. Uh, We don't know how long it's going to take. We're just taking it week by week. And uh, so today we enter into week number four, and we're still about halfway through, actually not even quite halfway through chapter one. And this morning, what I want to talk about uh, is uh, highlighted in the verses that we just read there. What I want to talk about this morning is what does it look like to have a moment with Christ, a moment with Christ. It was my favorite singer of the early 2000s who sang these beautiful words, some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this, right? Anyone know who that was? Kelly Clarkson. There you go. And so Kelly taught us that there are certain times in life, certain moments in life that are different than other moments. And we, of course, know this, but what does it look like to have a moment with Christ? Because it is what the disciples had at that time when he ascended up into heaven. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to first talk about what a moment is. Secondly, two traps that happen within a moment. Thirdly, how you know a moment was legitimate. And then fourthly, how to transition a moment into a movement. See, there are times in our lives when we have these powerful moments. We go, wow, what a moment. That was amazing. And some moments, maybe you went to a game or a concert and it was a powerful moment, but that moment doesn't actually change who you are or transition you into some kind of movement for the rest of your life. It was just a powerful moment. But the scriptures are full of these moments that transition into movements of God or movements in people's lives. Moses had a moment at the burning bush. David had a moment out in the field. Elijah had a moment up on the mountain. Over and over, we see the stories of the Old Testament and the New Testament where there are these powerful moments where uh, people encounter either the Father or the Son or the Spirit in a new way, and it transitions them into some type of movement. This is individual and it is corporate, as we'll see here in the text. So first, quite simply, what is a moment? Well, uh, the reason we read Luke, and if you're uh, catching up on the series here, Luke and Acts were written by the exact same guy, Luke, and, uh, and so we've been kind of reading them in parallel uh, in our own personal study time. By the way, if you didn't get through the book of Acts in January, don't worry, on Tuesday, just start over. That's what's great about this. You don't have to wait till 2023. I can't remember what year it is. 2023 to get on board. Just start in February. We're reading the book of Acts every month this year. Uh, And so in Luke 24, this is the ending of Luke's gospel. He says these words. He says, while he, it's Jesus. Well, let me read the first verse too. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands. He blessed them. While he blessed them. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven. What is a moment? A moment is when Christ blesses you in such a way that it changes you. 
A moment is when Christ blesses you in such a way that it changes you. The disciples had been with Jesus for three years up into this moment, but we're going to see here that there is certainly something that begins to shift in them upon this blessing from Christ. Most of us uh, can probably go back at times in our lives and we can go, oh, I remember that moment. If you've been around redemption for any length of time, maybe you've heard me tell about the time where I had a a moment out in my car after having like six months of long doctrinal conversations with some friends and I was already, had been in ministry for four years and I just sat out in my car like sobbing because I felt like I understood grace in a new way. It was a moment. Or maybe you've heard me talk about when I was uh, 19 and I was at Ohio State and I was running around the all intention. I slipped and fell and it was like God was like, why are you here? It wasn't because he didn't like Ohio State. It was like, you need to go home, right? And so he sent me home and I went back to Toledo and, and started my uh, internship. Or maybe you've um, heard me talk about on Good Friday of 2020, uh, where I felt like God had had just been very clear uh, speaking some things, and one of them was something's going to happen in the next month that's going to change this church. And uh, within the next month, a realtor came to us and said, hey, do you guys want to buy this building out in Monclova? These are moments. Some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. They're moments. They hit us. And if we don't fall into the trap, I'll show you what they are in a second. Then what they do is they move us. They move us into these new things. And so there are the disciples right there. He blessed them. I mean, uh, imagine that, like Christ right there, just he's blessing them. Something transitions uh, and transpires inside of them. And so now they're going to go back, and I'll show you how they're going to go back here that's going to prove the legitimacy of the moment. So we'll get there in a second. But first, before we do that, why don't we um, talk about, like, maybe you're wondering, like, well, how do I create a moment? Can I fabricate a moment? I'm not sure you can fabricate one. In fact, I'm sure you can't, but you can position yourself for one. And so let me just give you two ways that uh, in the scriptures we see how we position ourselves for these types of moments to hit us. The first one is through faithful pursuit, daily faithful pursuit. And I hope at some time in January, or if it didn't happen in January, that sometime in the next couple of weeks or months, uh, that you're going to sit down and you're going to do what we talk about doing every day, which is um, spending a little bit of time in prayer, uh, reading through a chapter of the book of Acts, and then reading through the daily dig and going through your questions. And at some point in time, on some of those days, you're going to realize that like it hits you more than others. And so I've been reading through the book of Acts, and it was chapter 27. I'm reading through it, and I normally spend, I'll be honest, like about 10 minutes or so in the chapter journaling and some kind of thoughts, right? And I got into chapter 27, and it was probably about 45 minutes of just reading through it. I had to start another note tab to like, these are future sermons I want to write. Like, and I walked away, and I was like, wow, that was rich. And how did it happen? Just in the process of daily pursuit. And there's these moments in the process of daily pursuit of God where for whatever reason, almost outside of our control, it's like the spirit shows up and he gives us new insight or he he awakens something inside of us and just in our routine day, he shows up. Like how many times was Moses walking out, shepherding his flock, being out, doing what he was doing and all of a sudden one day the bush gets on fire. Every day he was there, he was there, he was there. One day it was different. When you faithfully pursue God, you position yourself for God to show up and to bless you in a new way. 
Another way then that we can kind of position ourselves for moments is like stepping into something new. And this is why we do worship nights. And those of you who were there last Sunday, some of you even texted me, like you knew like that was a moment. Like, you, like one of you had texted me like, man, there was an, an emotion. And this was like, someone's like, I'm not an emotional person that I like felt that I have not felt that like brought me like to my knees. Like it was a moment. And when we position ourselves into different experiences outside of the routine, it creates those moments. That's why when I was, my first time doing student ministries, I was always so like pro-camp. Like we're getting these kids to camp, we're gonna get them to camp, we're gonna get them to camp because I know by Thursday night, half of them are gonna be sobbing back in their cabin. It's gonna be a moment. Some of them, not all of them, because some of them are gonna fall into the trap or the two traps. But some of them aren't going to fall into the two traps. And it's going to be a moment that turns into a movement. And so we position ourselves, whether it's through worship night or it's through church night uh, on a Friday night. And some of you are like, going to church on a Friday night is so crazy to me. Like, that might just be what it takes then. Like, God shows up because you put yourself in something new. I can remember moments in my life that were just simply like, I'm going to go to the park and I'm going to extend an extended period of time with like my phone off in just prayer, like longer bouts of prayer and just see if God shows up. I had a, uh, a mentor of mine who every quarter would get away for 36 hours disconnected from his phone and his laptop because he just wanted to position himself for a moment. And sometimes... It was powerful, and other times it was more uh, routine, uh, but every once in a while he'd come back and he'd say, man, I needed that. It was a moment. Now, there are traps in these moments, and I can see this in my own life, and I can also see it in the you know, thousands of kids that I worked with in student ministries over the years who would come back from camp all fired up, and then a year later, you're like, where'd they go? What happened? There's traps in the moment, and there's, there's two traps. Uh, again, and remember, a moment is just in, when Jesus blesses you in a way that changes you. When Jesus blesses you in a way that changes you. Here's the first trap. Verse 10 of Acts chapter 1. Here's what's fun with reading Luke and Acts together. It is now the end of Luke 24 and the beginning of Acts chapter 1. They're helping us understand what's going on. And so in Luke 20, uh, or in Luke I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1, verse 10, it says this. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Here's the first trap of the moment. The first trap of a moment is we get stuck in the moment. And we go, This is awesome. What a moment. This is beautiful. This was powerful. Uh, or uh, another way of getting stuck in the moment is years later, you can be, someone can say, like, how's your relationship with God? And you can go, man, I had this moment once. Well, that was it. Just a moment. You got caught gazing. You, you get stuck in the moment right there. And, and instead of allowing the moment to transition into a movement where it actually changes you, you just get caught up and stuck in it. And the moment is powerful, but the, the, uh, the angels had to show up, and we need voices in our lives that will show up and say, hey, why are you still living in that moment? 
That moment was not just for you to, to feel something. That moment was not just for you to have a great, grand experience for a day. That moment was supposed to transition you into what is next for you. Don't get stuck in the moment. And some of us, we have. We've gotten stuck or we're living on the fumes of past moments. And we're just, we're stuck in that and we're, 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 we're trying to run this Christian life and we're like, ah, it seems like the, the, the energy of the moment is gone. The conviction of the moment is gone. You need another moment. You need another moment. Or, you got, or, or you're still stuck gazing in the moment right now and you haven't let God do what he needs to do. And I'll tell you by the end here how to do that. Um, what, what he needs to do to transition the moment into a, into a movement. That's the first trap. Here's the second trap. The second trap, because what we're going to see here is actually going on, is the disciples are going to go from moment to moment. The first moment was the ascension that did something. The second moment is going to be the day of Pentecost. And so they're actually going to um, be trapped between two moments here, okay, in this storyline. And so they're going to have the first moment of the ascension and the second moment 10 days later. Here's what happens sometimes, okay, if this is moment number one and that's moment number two, what happens is we have moment number one. We don't get stuck gazing, but as on our way to moment number two, we take the exit ramp. And what does the exit ramp look like? It looks like disobedience. It looks like sin. It looks like, okay, I know God told me to do that in the power of that night, but now that I'm outside of that night, I don't really think I should do it. And we start having a conversation with God, like, God, that was just the keyboard and the music, right? That wasn't you. I just got caught up. Or... Or we, we totally, and this is what I, you know, I've seen students do this for years. They get in the energy of the moment and then, uh, and then they get back and what does the parable of the sower teach us? Three-fourths, right? Three-fourths of the seed that was planted that had the moment ends up getting uprooted and not being real. They take an exit ramp along the way. And so the moment has the second trap. The second trap is that, that, yes, this was powerful, but before I let it have its full uh, fruition, before I let it, the roots get all the way down, we exit off. And hey, if this morning, if, if you've exited off, the grace of God just gently brings you right back in. And so I don't, I don't care how bad of a turn you took, what exit you got off that you shouldn't have gotten off on, just let the grace of God bring you right back in. Because he's got another moment, I think, for you. So those are the two traps that sometimes uh, come up in a moment. We either get caught gazing in the moment or we take an exit ramp from the moment. And I've been talking mostly individually here, but this is also corporate. For those of you who were around last summer, you know that um, we did this thing called Church Week. And it was this like, like moment as a church. And we, we stepped into the moment because we felt like God had called us to it. And so we did church every night for five weeks. And it was like this, uh, five weeks, five days. Prophetic for this summer. Just kidding. Okay. We did, uh, my voice already hurts. Okay. Uh, we, did, we did church every night for five nights. And, uh, and y'all just kept showing up. And it was a moment for us as a church. 
And, and it was a moment that I think for all of us over the last now six months, we've been asking, how does that transition into a movement? And we're just faithfully following God. And, and my guess is that what's happening uh, is, is that God is just positioning us, this is my prayer, positioning us for what will probably be another moment that will then um, um, upstart or kickstart what, what, what movement he wants to bring on the other side. And some of you, we've been kind of walking down this road and you've just been kind of coming in along with us and that's great because I have been praying that God will give us another moment that will bring us all together no matter when we joined up in here to position us well for whatever movement he wants to do out of us. And so this is individual and it's corporate. And and, and as a church, it would be easy for, it could, I won't say it'd be easy. We could get stuck on, yeah, that was awesome. Church week was awesome. And just gazing back at the moment. Or we could get distracted, forget what God did, and take an exit ramp to a detour of what we think he wants to do instead of what he was trying to do. And so that's why we got to, in wisdom and humility, seek the Holy Spirit and let him lead his church. Now, third thing that I said I wanted to talk about was this. How do you know a moment was legitimate? How do you know that a moment was legitimate? And that's a a fair question. So let's go back to to Luke. Three things that we see happen out of the moment. First, they worshiped him. Second, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And third, they were continually in the temple blessing God. And where Luke 20, I'm sorry, yeah, where Luke chapter 24, verse 53 ends, Acts chapter 1, verse 11 is going to begin, or 12. We'll get there. And so it, it goes there, and then it hops right into there, and there's this, uh, there's this connection now between the two. And so here's what happens. The moment hits, and the, the disciples are blessed by Jesus in a way that changes them. And uh, now they, the angel, the right voice comes in and says, don't get stuck here. You've got something to do. And they respond in three ways. Obedience, joy, and expectation. How do you know the moment is legitimate? Because what it produces in us is obedience, joy, and expectation. See, the disciples have this, this moment, this incredible moment where Jesus blesses them in a way that it changes them. And uh, the exit ramp along the way would have been this. That was incredible. I know he told us to go to Jerusalem, but I don't really want to go to Jerusalem because they're killing people there who are associated with Christ. And so I'm going to stay away from Jerusalem. That was a powerful moment, but I don't want to go there because that looks dangerous. And let me say this. The day of Pentecost doesn't happen if the disciples don't obey and go to Jerusalem like they were told. It was their obedience out of that moment that then positioned them for the next moment, which was Pentecost, to happen. Jesus looked at them in the powerful moment and said, I need you to go to Jerusalem. And they were obedient. And they were obedient. And what happens when we have these moments, when when Jesus blesses us in a way that changes us, the first thing that should um, be a response of us is obedience. And uh, I'll look at obedience in two ways. First, uh, worship. It says they worshiped him, and worship is just an act of obedience. Paul tells us that our lives become living sacrifices or living worship as obedience unto Christ. And so we have these moments with Jesus, and what it does is it stirs a new type of worship in us. 
We just begin to worship in more. We might even get slightly more emotional in our worship because we're just so overcome by what he did for us. We begin to pour our lives out in new worship. We're like, we're reading more and we're praying more and we're giving more and we're serving more. And we're, we're, there's a new level of humility in us because we're looking at ourselves and going, why would you save me? But you did save me and I didn't even deserve it. And like this worship just starts to overflow out of our hearts. And like our lives just begin to be this reflection of worship and and the things of the world because the more we worship Jesus, the things of the world just become less and less attractive, less and less exciting, take up less and less of our time and our energy and our focus. And where we used to think, I don't have time for that kind of pursuit of Christ, uh, your life just becomes filled with that kind of thing because you had this moment and it just brought it out of you. Brought it out of you. And you just begin to worship Jesus. Another then act of obedience then is, is confession. And I can look back at powerful moments in my life that, and what they did is they prompted me to seek forgiveness or to restore a relationship or uh, to um, seek repentance before the Lord or to confess our sins one to another, right? Uh, and so they might pray and you might be healed, right? Uh, and so like you have these moments and in those moments, God is speaking and he's like, that's not right. And what happens sometimes in those moments when God's saying, that's not right. You don't do that. You should change that. You know that's not my best for you. You know that's not how you should be living. You know that's not how you should be. You know you're harboring that bitterness. You know you're still angry. You know you haven't fully restored. You know you shouldn't be saying that. You know you shouldn't be doing that. And it hits us in the moment, but then we walk out of the moment and we go, oh, but I really don't want to do anything about it. We take the exit right. And when we take the exit ramp, it stops us from the next moment. The next moment. Oh, and imagine the disciples, have they just lived in the power of the ascension and not the power of Pentecost? Wouldn't we live in a different world? Wouldn't the church be different? Imagine your life right now. You might be trapped between moment one and moment two. And God was saying between moment one and moment two, what I need you to do is actually stop. Just stop it, whatever it is. What I need you to do is actually, actually release the bitterness. I need you to actually seek the forgiveness. And God's like, listen, I know what the next moment is. I know what it is. God, imagine the disciples walking down the road and they see Jerusalem and they're like, oh, let's just go over here. What they would have missed. The day of Pentecost. And God, he sees us uh, when, he, when he gave the moment that was to compel the obedience, but we begin to walk away from him. He's like, no, no, no. I know if you walk this out, what's going to happen? And then it starts to stir up questions of faith in us because we think, okay, that was a powerful moment and a little bit change, and I'll just settle with a little bit. But God's like, I've got a lot bit, a lot more if you'll just be faithful and obedient to respond to the promptings that I gave you in the moment. Don't take the exit ramp. Trust me. When you get there, it's going to be so good. So that's the first thing, obedience. And hey, maybe it was Sunday night for some of you. Maybe God called you to some things. Walk it out. Walk it out. 
Now, if you do, the next moment's gonna be so much more powerful. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he needs to strip off before he adds on. Second, how do we know that the moment was legitimate? Secondly, it produces joy. They said, with great joy. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten caught into this trap. I have at times. Um, the, the trap that on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were sitting up in a room, huddled together in great fear and very like scared of what was going on uh, and, and nervous about Jesus and all of that. Like I've gotten caught up into that storyline before, but when you read the end of Luke 24, you see that wasn't the case at all. They were up there and they were excited and, uh, and they were motivated about what was going on. And there was a great joy up in that room. We were talking about this, uh, some people, uh, and, and, and Frank just brought up like some hypothetical questions. Like, I wonder if they were sitting up there going like, what do you think the Holy Spirit's going to be like? What do you think the Holy Spirit's going to be? He told us he's coming. Like, do you think it's going to be like this? Do you think it's going to be like that? Like, there was this joy, this like, this is so awesome. And sometimes when we have, not sometimes, when we have a legitimate moment with Christ, even in the midst of great sorrow, there can still be joy. I mean, hopefully you've seen this. Somebody can be walking through hell. They can be walking through hell. And then all of a sudden, like the church rallies around and you can sense the Holy Spirit is there and they begin to pray for that person in that moment. And the person will actually begin to smile. Not because the pain went away. Not even because the situation changed. Just because they just had a moment with Jesus and joy just comes out of it. And so one of the ways you know that the, the moment was legitimate, it is, it's just like producing this, this new type of joy in you. If you were here on Friday, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday night uh, for our, our worship night, uh, well, if you were here, you saw this. If you weren't here, you didn't see this, but we went through the whole night and we got done and I went up uh, and, and we were done and, and we were all kind of looking around with this, this idea of like, we should probably do one more song. And I looked back at the band and they were all like thinking the exact same song that we should do. And it's a song that uh, it's got a little bit more energy and hop than we normally would. And Danny was leading the song. And so Danny's hopping over here. Okay, Danny's the um, bearded guy. Okay, with the biceps. That's how he likes to be known. Okay, all right. And so Danny's over here, like, hopping up and down, like, uh, you know, like a, like a pop band, okay? And, and, and there's just this, like, joy in the room that everybody could sense and feel. Uh, and it wasn't because of, ne- like, necessarily the music, because we've done high-energy songs before, and it was like, well, that was a bummer, right? Not this one. Why? Because there was like this moment that was happening and everyone was like in sync with it, not the band. Everyone was like walking with it. And there was just this joy produced. I love, I know I'm going to camp a lot, but I love camp because inevitably there will be some kid driving down on the bus just staring at his phone the whole time, not talking to anybody. And then coming home on Friday got six new friends and a smile on their face because joy comes out of these moments that's one of the ways you know it's legit there's just a new joy and you're walking around and it's like remember when you were single and you got like a, a new boyfriend or girlfriend everyone's like what's going on with you and you're like I don't need nothing like yeah right saw it two miles away man and, you have these moments and people are like, what's going on with you? And you're like, I just, 
had a moment with Jesus. Ah, and it just, whew. Number three. Third way, you know that the moment was legit. Third way, you know that the moment was legit. I'll read the end of the Luke passage and then we'll hop over to Acts 2 because then I want to talk about how do you transition the moment into a movement. Luke ends like this. He says, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. I love it. He blessed them, so then they blessed him. But what happens is they go back then to Jerusalem, and the third thing that we see is expectation. There's this this expectation that begins to just, uh, sometimes it's vocal, out loud expectation, and sometimes it's just like inside, internal, like something's just kind of ruminating underneath type of expectation, and you just begin to develop this expectation, And, and sometimes you're like, I think this is what God's doing, and other times you're like, I have no idea what God is doing, but like there seems to be something that is going on underneath, and I have this now like built up expectation, somebody unprompted by me showed up in the church um, this last week and they they just said, I want to take a second and I want to encourage you. They were saying this to me and and they were like, I've been doing this for a very, very long time and I don't know what it is, but I show up on Sunday and there's just like this budding expectation going on and it's happening in my own life and some things I've been praying about for breakthrough and then there's like, just as a congregation, I can just like feel like there's something like going on because I'll be honest, I think we collectively had a moment um, last year, okay, and now we want to see that moment transition into movement. And the, the last element of this is like this expectation that just begins to build. When I was a freshman in high school, um, I decided not to play basketball. And uh, it was the first year since I was like four years old that I hadn't played organized basketball. But I decided that since I wasn't playing basketball, I was going to be the best fan there could be. And so I would show up to every game dressed like a whatever, right? Uh, fool. And, uh, and, and we played in this really small, really small gym. And so from like me to the free throw line was like me to like the second or third row. Okay. So when the opposing team was shooting free throws, what we would do is the entire gym would get absolutely quiet. Okay. And then the seniors would pick me up. And so it would be dead silent. The seniors would pick me up like a baby. Okay. I was a freshman. Okay, this is a true story. And it would be dead quiet, and that kid would be sitting there shooting free throws, and I would just go, wah, wah, wah. And their free throw percentages dropped like 50% that year when they were shooting into that. Here's the point of this story. I knew I'm not going to be on the court, but I'm in the game. And I know when you show up on Sunday, maybe there's this idea of like, I'm not preaching and I'm not in the band or I'm not doing production, but when you show up, you're in the game. And how you show up ready to worship and how you show up ready to experience Jesus affects everything that happens in this room. And the greatest moments happen that turn into movements when it's not just one person standing on a, screen, a, a stage pleading or a band that's really good, but it is a church showing up that says, man, I'm having these moments with Jesus and now I'm showing up on Sunday. And there's this expectation. 
and you're bringing it and he's bringing it and she's bringing it and they're bringing it and then we show up and position ourselves for routine Sundays like this but there will be a day when just a routine Sunday God shows up and brings us to our knees or or we just keep positioning ourselves to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Do a church night. Okay, we'll do a church night. We'll show up with expectation. We'll show up with expectation. We'll say, God, just do what you want. Just do what you want. We're your servants. And we'll ask him to move. And the way you turn by the way, a moment into a movement. We see right here in the end of Acts, or I'm sorry, the end of our verses this morning. It says, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. They went and they entered the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. You know how you transition a moment into a movement? You step into the right people, doing the right practices at the right place. When you do that, the moment turns into a movement and power then flows out. So over the next few weeks, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about being the right place and the right people having the right practices so that we can see the powerful moments that we've had turn into a movement of God. Let's pray. Father, if you're having a moment right now with somebody, I want to be silent to not distract from you. What if you finally did turn from that sin? What if you finally had the conversation that's been holding you back? What if you finally began the daily pursuit of Christ? What if you let the worries and the troubles and the trappings of this world pale in comparison to the beauty of the gospel? What if this is the moment you've been waiting for? Father, on behalf of my brothers and sisters here in Christ, I plead 
that right here or in this in their daily pursuit or in whatever other venue that you would grab a hold of hearts that you would bless them in a way that changes them and father here we stand as your church your church your church Jesus as the head the Holy Spirit has the power We are grateful for the moments that we have had. Oh, how beautiful they've been. Would you give us wisdom to not gaze, but to keep going? Would you give us strength to not exit, but to obey? Father, may the joy and the expectation be present in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash give online. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.